0: I've always thought it was a little surprising uh, that Mark decided to share uh, the story you just heard uh, from today's gospel reading. See, it's a story about Jesus' homecoming, but it's not the kind of homecoming uh, that we've probably come to expect. You see, uh, when many of us think about homecomings, uh, we probably think about the soldier who greets his family in the airport after more than a year away. Uh, or we probably think about uh, the college student who returns home after a semester abroad, or, or probably, and perhaps most fittingly in the context of uh, today's reading, uh, we picture the entrepreneur uh, or the athlete who's had great success and finally returns to his hometown, the place where he or she has grown up. And scenes like these are, are often full of emotion. See, I just picture uh, the two little girls standing in the airport, holding the poster, greeting their dad after more than a year apart. You know, in one sense, uh, you could say that the same is true of today's reading. See, if we were to make uh, a movie out of today's reading, it would be full of all sorts of emotion as Jesus returns to his hometown, a place called Nazareth, as an accomplished and successful teacher of God's word, as he stands up in the synagogue, uh, something that Luke tells us. Uh, in his gospel, unrolls the scroll of Isaiah and reads it, interprets it for his family and for his friends to hear. I mean, it'd be full of all sorts of emotion, but the place that emotion lands isn't a heartwarming reunion. Instead, it's this kind of interaction that eventually leads Jesus to conclude that a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown, All of this uh, points to the kind of homecoming that you wouldn't really expect and the kind of homecoming that might just seem surprising uh, for Mark to highlight or share. I mean, do you really want people to know that Jesus' hometown rejected him? The more I uh, think about and consider that question, uh, the more I'm convinced that this is exactly why Mark highlights and shares this reading, and this is exactly why God preserves this story for us, because the experience of rejection, uh, the experience of being unwanted, unwelcome, uh, or unworthy is the kind of experience that the followers of Jesus, even they, will have to grapple with. You know, that rejection, I don't need to tell you, can come from all sorts of places. It can come from a, a, a parent, a sibling, a spouse, a family member. It can come from a, a coworker coworker or a boss, a coach or a teacher. It can even come at times, sadly, from a church. You know, the thing about this kind of rejection is while there's an important distinction to be made between the kind of rejection that's about what you do and the kind of rejection that's about who you are, You know, the kind of rejection that says, for example, unfortunately, you couldn't run the race fast enough, and the kind of rejection that says, uh, you know, people like you just shouldn't be running races in the first place. There's an important distinction to be made, uh, but despite that distinction, these kinds of things, these kinds of rejections have the power to impact our lives and even our lives of faith. You know, causing us uh, to doubt ourselves, to question ourselves, to think less of ourselves, uh, making us uh, to do some very unhealthy or sinful things, or or leading us to stop doing the kind of things that God would call us to do. And so maybe uh, they lead you to believe that you are worthy of the rejection you receive because that's the kind of person you are. Or, or maybe they, they lead you to reject others because someone has shown you that that's okay. Or maybe uh, they make you please the person who rejected you, uh, even if that means doing something unhealthy or sinful because that's just how desperate people like us can be at times to receive acceptance, all of which is to say the experience of rejection, the experience of being unworthy, unwelcome, unwanted is the kind of experience that impacts our lives in our lives of faith, and in today's reading, Jesus wants to prepare us for that reality. Yes, that brings us uh, to today's reading from Mark chapter 6, and as the curtain rises on today's reading, uh, Jesus is traveling from a place called Capernaum uh, to a place called Nazareth. And today, Nazareth uh, is a large, bustling metropolis. It's uh, one of the largest cities in the northern district of Israel, home to some 80,000 people. But, but in Jesus' day, uh, the town of Nazareth was, was just that, a town, a small village, home to about 200 people. Which means that when Jesus uh, returns home, When Jesus enters his synagogue, when Jesus stands up uh, and unrolls the scroll of Isaiah and begins to interpret it uh, to people, there are very few, if any, people in this synagogue and in this town who wouldn't know who he is. Except instead of welcoming him, uh, instead of uh, honoring his teaching ministry, instead of uh, receiving him as God's chosen Messiah the people in Jesus' hometown begin to ask him a series of devolving questions. They look at Jesus and say, you know, where did he get his wisdom? Where does his power come from? Or essentially, who does Jesus think he is? Isn't this the carpenter's son? Uh, Isn't this Mary's son? Don't we know his brothers? Uh, Probably and obviously uh, younger brothers and sisters. And so instead of welcoming him or honoring him or receiving him, uh, they take offense at him. Some translations tell us uh, that they, they even uh, rejected him or turned away from him, uh, but the Greek is, is really fascinating here because it says that they were scandalized by Jesus. Jesus. And it's at this moment that we learn that Jesus is amazed, and he's only amazed twice in the Gospels. Uh, once at a Roman centurion who isn't an Israelite, who doesn't know about God's promise, and yet who nevertheless places his trust in Jesus. That's the first time, and the second time is in today's reading, when Jesus is amazed at the lack of faith in his hometown. And so he performs uh, a couple of miracles, but only a few. And that's not because uh, he doesn't have power. It's because people just aren't coming to him. And then he leaves us with that uh, very fa- familiar conclusion that a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown. And so Jesus is bringing the good news about the kingdom of God to these people. And they look at him and they say, Who do you think you are? Now, what we learn is uh, that this doesn't stop Jesus. Because Jesus leaves his hometown and he goes on to the next place and the next place and the next place. And as he does, he calls his followers, his 12 disciples, to go on their own preaching, teaching, healing tour of Galilee. And that's when we learn about the second part of today's reading. As Jesus prepares his followers for the kind of rejection they might just receive as followers of him. And as he prepares them, he offers them several instructions. You see, first uh, Jesus tells his followers uh, that they should head out two by two because there is uh, power and security and safety and, quite honestly, credibility in their witness when they go out in numbers. And then Jesus tells his followers uh, that they should travel light, that they should uh, trust God every day for every day. Uh, Because even in the midst of hardship, even in the midst of trouble, even in the midst of of rejection, God is the one who's going to provide for them. And then Jesus tells them that when they are rejected, that they should wipe the dust off their feet. Uh, The implication being that that rejection will not go with them, and that rejection will not define who they are. And so Jesus leaves us with these instructions to his followers, who then head out they begin to turn the world upside down. Not because uh, they won't face rejection as they go out, but instead because Jesus promises them uh, that he won't give up on them. And Jesus promises them that he won't give up on his mission so that they, in turn, won't give up on him as well. You see, overcoming rejection uh, isn't easy. It isn't easy uh, for Jesus. That's what we see in today's reading, and that's what we see as Jesus journeys to the cross. And yet, because Jesus knows who he is and who sent him, uh, he goes on and he carries out God's mission uh, to redeem and restore a broken, hurting, sinful world, even when it costs him everything. And rejection isn't easy for Jesus' disciples. I mean, most of them end up dying for their faith, and yet because they know who they are, dearly loved children of God, and they know who sent them, they are able to go on and carry out God's mission, and it's because they did that people like you and me and people all around the world know the good news about Jesus. And so it should be a little surprise to us if part of our mission in following Jesus involves rejection as well, and as many of you know, uh, earlier in the service, uh, Pastor Mike baptized Jude. And uh, as a father and a pastor, it was uh, this joyful moment. I mean, Jude belongs to the family of God. He's no longer just a miller now. He's, he's a miller and he's a Christian. And as I've been thinking about today's reading... Uh, The experience of rejection is the kind of thing that the followers of Jesus will have to grapple with. I found myself thinking a lot about Jude. See, I've been thinking about uh, the kind of things he'll face. Things that may eventually involve rejection. Then I've been thinking about uh, how Jude will handle that. uh, Because I realized that as his father, I won't always be around for all of that. And I know that uh, the experience of rejection has the power to impact our lives and our lives of faith. I mean, it can lead us down a dark path. It can challenge our faith. It can lead us to do some very unhealthy and, and very sinful things. And, and yet, the more I think about all of these things, the more I'm, I'm convinced that that's why today's reading is so important for us. Because today, uh, God tells Jude who he really is. Jude is God's dearly loved child. And nothing that Jude can do, nothing that anyone can do will ever take that away. I mean, that's what baptism means. He belongs to God. He's marked. He's sealed. He belongs to him. You know, the same is true for people like you and me. I mean, when you feel rejected, God looks at you and says, I have called you by name. You are mine. When you feel unwanted, God says, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And when you feel unworthy, Christ looks at you and says, I make you worthy. I make you worthy through a cross and an empty tomb, and so let there be no doubt in your mind. There is a place for you here. Now, this doesn't mean uh, that it will always be easy. It doesn't mean that we won't be rejected at times. Uh, it doesn't mean that God's word won't challenge us as we follow him. But it does mean that God will never give up on us. And God will never give up on his mission. And that's what enables uh, people like us, people like Jude, to follow God's mission until God welcomes us home. And until he does, we get to live out that mission. The mission that God had for his disciples. The mission to share the good news. The mission to tell the whole world that in God's kingdom, uh, there really is a place for you. You know, that's where it seems uh, incredibly fitting to me, uh, that today we would give thanks for someone who has been faithful uh, to that mission for 15 years. See, for 15 years ever since his ordination, uh, for 15 years ever since his installation here at Messiah, uh, Pastor Mike has been faithful uh, to the mission that God has for us, to share the good news of Jesus. To tell people like you and me and the people in this community uh, that there is a God uh, who loves us and the Christ. And and no one else gets to define who we are and that there is a place for you in the kingdom of God because of what Jesus has already done. Seems incredibly fitting to me that we would give thanks for Pastor Mike and his ministry today. And uh, what he reminds us is that God has a mission for all of us. You know, not everyone's going to respond favorably to that mission, uh, but we are going to keep on doing it, following the example that Jesus gave his disciples, listening to God's call, going where Jesus leads us, traveling light, trusting God every day for every day. And as we keep on going, we do so because we are called by him. As we keep on going, uh, we do so because nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. And as we keep on going, we do so because he's the one who makes us worthy. Through a cross and an empty tomb. And so that's what we do together until he returns and calls us home. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. This time I invite you to rise as we join together in a word of prayer.